If you play Scrabble or Words with Friends, I've got a new word for you. I just hope they accept it. Oxen. Well, you may say, well, sure, a beast of burden. Everybody knows that. No, this oxen is A-U-X-I-N. It's a plant hormone. What are hormones? Why, as you as a gardener, should you care about oxen's? We have some good reasons why. Debbie Flower is here, America's favorite retired college horticultural professor. And I bet there is one or two lectures in your college playbook about oxens. Yeah, we talk about oxens. Yeah. Okay. It and, comes up. And and what do you tell them? Well, oxens are a hormone. A hormone is a protein that is involved in controlling growth. Thus, it's a plant growth regulator. In the industry, it's called a PGR. There are five different hormones that are important to plant growth. Oxens are in charge of cell elongation, making cells bigger. And so that uh, controls the shape of the plant, you know, how wide it gets, how tall it gets. It controls the length of the roots. Uh, oxens are also involved in whether fruit stays on a plant or is dropped from a plant. Uh, and they're involved in tropisms. Tropisms are uh, reactions to something. Uh, phototropism is a reaction to light. If you grow plants on a windowsill, the plants will grow toward the light. And that oxen is involved because it migrates away from light to the shady side of the stem and causes the cells on that shady side of the stem to get longer. And when they get longer, the plant has no choice but to bend toward the light. So there are uh, thigmotropisms, and that's uh, by touch. That's when a vine will either twine up a stick or it has a tendril that will wind around the stick. And those, uh, the ability to do that winding involves, again, oxen migrating to the side to make one side longer than the other. And so that, that uh, vine can go around the stick or the, the tendril can wrap around a support. And then geotropisms are, that has to do with uh, the top of the plant growing up and the, and the roots growing down. So oxen is very much involved in the tropisms. We can buy oxen in a container. We can buy it as a rooting hormone. If you're making cuttings, you can buy a rooting hormone. And if you get really involved in it, you can buy it in the rooting hormone in different concentrations. Different concentrations are needed for different kinds of plants. And hormones are, are interesting to me, especially because at one concentration, they'll do what you think they're going to do. So at one concentration, oxen will cause uh, cells to elongate. At a stronger concentration, it'll cause the reverse. It will dwarf them? It will, yes. It will prevent them from getting longer. Won't necessarily dwarf them, but it will prevent them from getting longer. At other concentrations, it'll do nothing. Not enough of the oxen, it'll do nothing. So if you get very involved in propagating plants from cuttings, you will end up with a whole collection of hormone concentrations. You can either buy the very concentrated kind, and it always comes a little card, tells you how to dilute it to make it for different kinds of plants. And they come with different numbers. They come with different numbers, and yeah. those have to do with the concentration of the oxen. All right. right. So for whatever cutting you're going to use, use the correct oxen. Yes, because if you don't use enough, it does nothing. And if you use too much, it will prevent rooting. One of my favorite books on the subject is Plant Propagation from the American Horticultural Society. You can find out more about matching up uh, oxens with plant cuttings uh, from that book. You can buy hormone oxen in a high concentration, and then you can dilute it down to what you need it to be. Read and follow all able directions, as right. we're fond of saying here. There's another hormone called gibberlins, and gibberlins are used at wholesale growers 
to keep plants all the same size, which makes it great for shipping and for great for display tables at retail nurseries. Have you ever walked into a nursery and you see in the springtime a sea of marigolds or in the fall a sea of cyclamen or a sea of uh, calendulas and they're all the same size mm -hmm. how do they do that mm -hmm. they do it with by applying hormone externally yeah yeah they can dwarf plants that way there was one i can't remember the name of it it had uh, green and pink striped leaves and it was sold as a, an indoor plant and i put it in a, a terrarium thinking this is mm -hmm. going to be beautiful but i didn't realize it had been treated with gibberellins and it took off. It was this lovely matted plant when I bought it and it took off and it became this tall gangly thing coming out the top of the terrarium. It was very disappointing. This is a problem with applications in the wholesale industry of, of the gibberellins is the fact that if they put on too much, that plant may stay too dwarfed or if they don't apply enough, it's going to take off. Right. Exactly. Yep. We use these hormones commercially and sometimes we use them at home. Uh, we talked about using auxin for rooting cuttings of plants. Mm -hmm. If you do tissue culture, you're pretty up there in your technique. Yeah. Uh, it's used there. It's used in uh, orchards to thin fruit. If you've done any fruit production or listen to any of Fred's podcasts about fruit production, you know you need to thin the fruit mm -hmm. and there are certain times to do it and you certain amounts of fruit that you want to leave left on, on the branch. And so you're either causing blossoms to drop off or actually young fruit to drop off. And oxen can be, is used for that. It, it can also be used to retain the fruit so that it, there is a one-time harvest that's done a lot in tomatoes so that when commercially, when they harvest tomatoes, Unless they're greenhouse grown, they they cut the plant off and separate the plant from the tomatoes and the crop is done and they reuse the field for something else. But you want all the fruit harvested at the same time. So they may use auxins to make that happen. One question we get in this area a lot, people are complaining about their table grapes. Why are my Thompson seedless grapes so small? How can I make my grapes bigger? Well, for one thing, you can thin out the bunches. So there's about six inches of space between each hanging bunch. Don't let them uh, touch each other. Then you can cut off the tails right. of that bunch. That'll help. Then you can actually lightly score the trunk right. to stress it to produce bigger grapes. And then the final way is basically to add an auxin. Right. Well, you add a gibberellin. Gibberellin, yes. Right. You add the, the hormone gibberellin, and that is what's done commercially. So when you buy those giant grapes, that they have been hit with gibberellins in the field. Yeah, <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> all right, gibberellin, for all of those wondering how my brain works, gibberellin is a hormone. Auxins are a different hormone. Right. There all are right. five hormones that are important in plant growth. Auxins for cell elongation. Gibberellin breaks dormancy. It's sometimes used in propagation there and can, causes fruit expansion. Uh, cytokinins are uh, promote cell division. And suppress aging. So if you use uh, a powder to mix with water for your cut flowers, you may be using a cytokinin that extends the life of those flowers. Is that available for us? Uh, there are floral life. No, I meant for us. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I meant for us. Drink. <laughs> oh, for us to drink, us humans. No. no okay. All right. Then ethylene, which is uh, given off by ripening fruit, but it... it promotes bud break, but it's also used to prevent sprouting. So when you buy 
non-organic potatoes, they've been treated with ethylene to prevent sprouting. But they uh, bulbs that you buy a bulb from a mail order house and it comes to your house and it's not growing yet. They've been treated most likely with ethylene to prevent them from sprout. So again, hormones, they can cause sprouting which is why we don't store our scion wood with our apples in the refrigerator while we're waiting for the season to do grafting. Or they can, at a different concentration, they can prevent that process. So we see both sides of that with the ethylene. Do bananas produce ethylene gas? Yes, when they're ripening. And uh, I had a student whose wife was worked for Rayleigh's, and he said all the bananas came in green, mm-hmm. and then they're gassed. And that's very common. They ship better when they're green. They're not as soft. And so they're gassed with ethylene, and then ripening occurs. So fruit gives off ethylene when it ripens, but unripe fruit can be treated with ethylene to ripen it. So for the backyard gardener who's hankering for that peach or that plum or that apricot that isn't quite ripe yet, and you're afraid the rats are going to get to it before you do, (laughs) like if it's a week out from being perfect, I guess you could bring that inside the house, stick it in a bag with an apple or a banana. Right. And that's uh, a technique if you've ever cut off the top of a pineapple and grown it as a house plant. Uh, obviously, we're not in Hawaii where it's grown commercially. I've done that. And in order to get a fruit, you often need ethylene. Hmm. Okay. So, and that's where the apple or the banana comes in. Right. Right. Huh. Okay. And then abscisic acid. What's right. that? Well, to abscise is to cut. It initiates, it, it's involved in dormancy, dormancy of seeds. Uh, stopping growth, producing rest in plants. It can also be used to keep plants small in the in commercial industry. Going back to ethylene, it is used in one available product that if you have liquid amber trees mm-hmm. and, and olives and olives, and you don't want the fruit, and in the case of the uh, liquid amber tree, it's those spiky balls that it produces. Right. Uh, you could somehow spray your entire tree when you see liquid amber flowers. Do let me know when you see a liquid amber flower. They're hard to spot. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Yeah. And there are you can have it done commercially. There are, are tree companies that will come and spray your trees to prevent them from uh, uh, producing the flower. So the ethylene causes things to, to ripen too fast or to grow too fast uh, so that they, they don't have a chance to set fruit. All right. So, and that's available. Uh, I believe it's Monterey Chemicals that sells that Floral, product. Yeah. Floral, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. That uh, if you, if you want to try to control a fruiting plant. One thing that we do use or potentially uh, a form of oxen called 2,4-D is a broadleaf weed killer. And that. I don't think of that as an oxen, but okay. Right. It is. It causes the plant to grow too fast. Uh, so it's again, it's hormones are all about concentration. At one concentration, they do one thing. At the other concentration, they do the opposite. And at not enough, they don't do anything. Wow. All right. And of course, plants are developing resistances yeah. to 2,4-D. Yes. But, you know, what else is new? Mother right. Nature bats last. I would say if you're interested in getting into the uh, plant propagation hobby, that's a fun hobby, too, to start collecting cuttings from your friends of plants that you may want. Uh, Oxens may play a part in that. Right. Starting your cuttings for sure. And if you want that ripe plum before the rats get to it, stick it in a bag with an apple or banana. Trap that ethylene. Yes. Trap that ethylene. All right. And that's the lowdown on plant hormones. Thank you, Debbie. You're welcome, Fred.